go. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. This is Joe Spiegel. Mike Sutherland. All right. How you doing? Good. How are you? All right. Uh, well, day late and a dollar short, technically. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is our... Uh, God, what did we fucking see? We saw Shazam, didn't we? Yes. Shazam! All right. This is our uh, Shazam episode, and we got some uh, trailers talking about going along with that. Maybe some movie news. Anything else? Nothing. Anything else has tickled. tickled your fancy lately? All right. Ain't nothing tickling my damn fancy neither. God damn it. All right. <clears throat> so, Shazam. You really want me to read it the way it's written there? <laughs> you really want Because that seems fucking... Just read it. All right. We all have a superhero inside of us. It just takes a bit of magic to bring it out. In 14-year-old Billy Batson's case, all he needs to do is shout out one word to transform into the adult superhero, Shazam. Still a kid at heart, Shazam re- revels. Uh, reveals, almost said it. Shazam you revels. Still said it. I know I did. Shazam revels in the new version of himself by doing what any other teen would do: have fun while testing out his newfound powers. But he'll need to master them quickly before the evil Doctor Thaddeus Sivana can get his hands on Shazam's magical abilities. Shazam. Okay. Is a bundle. Is what? Shazam, like its namesake hero. Is a bundle of contradictions. What's the contradiction? He's a kid in the day and he's a Shazam at night. What's the? Co- I I don't. I don't know either. I don't know why <laughs> I said that. Shazam operates as a thrilling fantasy and comedy about the learning curve of growing up. Okay. One one minute he's wearing a hoodie, the next he's wearing a white cape. What's, What's up with that? <laughs> Fucking no, dude. Uh, like with all DC films, I I don't care how good a trailer may be. I'm going to take. A pillar of salt, not or a whole fucking just satchel bag, whatever you want to call it, of salt with anything that they're coming out with nowadays. Um, and even though the trailers for Shazam were hilarious, still, of course, reservations, right? What can my ultimate thing be about this movie? I don't know. Meh. <laughs> it's like a it's like a smiley meh. You know, it, it's a middle ground movie that's watchable it's definitely watchable but it's symbolic of a lot of society a lot of movies nowadays what's wrong with it it doesn't do anything new there is superhero wise there's just nothing what do you want it to do jump out and grab you by the balls something man what do you want what do you want it to do new make me want to fucking yell at shazam that's what i want it to do okay it just doesn't it doesn't. It, I'm, I'm I'm playing devil's I, advocate I know, here. I know. That's fine. That's know, fine. Because I'm kind of along the same lines as you, but I'm. I want you to tell me what is the problem and not jump around and don't build me a fucking watch. Tell me the time. There's no you know? surprise in this movie. It it just feels like it goes through the motions of what a superhero movie is supposed to do. Wait. Okay. Hold on. What do you? What did you expect? I expected. Well, I you know I didn't expect much because it's more it's DC. It, it doesn't matter whether it was DC or not. I was what hoping. did you expect? Um, I was hope I was ex- I well, I was hoping slash expecting for the film to uh, to be at least half as hilarious as a trailer. I was hoping that the sense of humor would carry the entire film, so that it would be kind of a contrast to how dark all the DC movies have been lately. Okay. And the movie is funny throughout. The whole movie is funny. It's just all the best hilarity was in the trailers. So there were no like fucking laugh out loud hilarious moments in the, in the film at all for me. It just 
everything you know the trailer already like blew its load pretty much with with the funny and that's what i was worried about that was one of the biggest things i was worried about and um but the other it's just the villain villain was kind of you know one note oh well it started off interesting when he was a kid when mark strong's character was a kid it was interesting and then it just went into predictable you know just standard villain mode you know um there's bars that keep being set with way the way that Marvel does things, and you know, well, like we have to compare it to the King, right? So, and they're the King right now, and even though they have a similar, they have a, a, a formula that's you know fairly predictable, like with Captain Marvel and stuff, it's still it's still stronger even when it does something that's simple. And when it comes to a villain, they make there are some memorable villains, and Thanos he set the bar pretty fucking high with Infinity War. Okay, but you're talking about. Okay, you, your your analogy is sort of correct, but going in the wrong direction. You can't you can't compare the Thanos thing to anything because they were building up to Thanos. They're not building up to anything in these movies yet. So if you're going to compare, you can compare you can compare to to Captain America, the first Avenger, sort of, because Marvel Marvel's whole plan was building up. Okay. Yeah. And it kind of seems what DC is doing, but I we don't know their end game yet. Scattershot. No pun intended. And yeah, exactly, scattershot. So comparatively, you can't the problem with comparing the Warner Brothers films or the DC films with the Marvel films yeah. is Marvel has a plan. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure, I mean, obviously DC has a plan. It's not that Yeah. But what is it? We don't know. And you can tell that Marvel every once in a while has to do a variable. You know, they have, they have to call an audible on a few things, like like, uh, like Spider-Man Homecoming, you know, putting Spider-Man in a movie finally. Well, they it, yeah, they did call an audible, but they were planning on doing that anyways, and they could see they could see the light at the end of the tunnel with the Fox thing. Mm-hmm. They knew exactly what they were doing. That's that's what, you know, that's a little insider trading thing, but again, they knew what they were doing cuz <laughs> all that stuff had had already been in the process. Yeah, and I would assume that they already have a, a lot of uh, what ifs. Like, if we can do this here, maybe you know, what would we do if we did? You know? Right. Yeah. There's they yeah. they have um, the draft board. It's like a writer's board, right? Yeah. 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 You know, the NFL draft board. You know, yeah. same thing. You know, well, we have this, yeah. and I'm, what I'm, if we can do this? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure ever since the Fox merger was even being mentioned that they were going to try to do it, I'm pretty sure they already had people with the board going. Well, let's see what we would do once. You know, what are ideas? Right. Directions that we can go. I want to check something out before we continue on. Hold on a second. Um, so Sh- Shazam, the new 50, the part of the new 52, this movie is based off of the new 52 Shazam. Okay. That's what I thought. By who? Jeff Jones. All right. Why do I have a problem with that? I don't know, but you're going to tell us. <laughs> I have a problem with Jeff Johns running DC because as a as a comic writer I like him but he's not he's not Alan Moore he's not he's not uh Neil Gaiman or uh, Grant Morrison. Uh-huh. Grant Morrison does uh, happy by the way. Okay. <laughs> um some good shit. That's some good shit. Uh John's worked on uh, conspiracy theory and then he pitched let's see Stars and Stripe a series based on s- Second Star Spangled Kid and her stepfather. 
Let's see. He co-wrote Beast Boy Limited series, uh, crafted the Return to Krypton arc. Uh, he wrote the Avengers Volume Three, fifty-seven through seventy-six. Yeah, Visions for Marvel, uh, Hawkman, and Teen Titans. He's a good writer. Don't don't get me wrong. He's a good writer. He wouldn't be doing what he's doing if he wasn't a good writer. Yeah. My problem with Johns stems from the fact that now he's president and CCO of DC Entertainment, and then. And then he went on and served as co-producer and creative consultant for the Green Lantern film. Big problem there. Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, as an executive producer. Following negative critical reception to the film, John and John Berg were named to jointly run the DC Extended Universe and the newly established Warner Brothers Division DC Films. Uh, They served as producers on Justice League. He co-wrote the Aquaman story. He co-wrote the story for Green Lantern Corps and co-wrote Wonder Woman 1984. In 2018, the Justice League underperformed. John Berg was replaced by Walter Hamada, who is gone now. And uh, John's is still working with somebody. I don't know. Walter Hamada's. He's yeah, out. he's got to step down. He's out. Because he was a little uh, too touchy-feely. Right. And he liked to hang out with uh, Brett Ratner. Probably. He's part of the Rat Pack. <laughs> don't don't assume. I'm. Don't, it's all jokey. Yeah, I know. But it's all jokey. Don't, don't, yeah, stay away from that stuff right now. I mean, Hamada had a good run. I mean, he did Sorority Boys, Whisper, Friday the 13th, 2009, Final Destination, 2009, Nightmare on Elm Street, 2010. Whether you liked it or not, it doesn't matter. I mean, it was a fine film, but it wasn't It wasn't like the first one. It wasn't like the original. Final Destination 5, The Incredible Burt Wonderstone, which is a failure. Yeah. The Conjuring, which wasn't a failure. 47 Ronin, which technically wasn't a failure, just needed help. Into the Storm, Annabelle, The Gallows, The Conjuring 2, Annabelle Creation, It, Tag. So everything that I've talked about up until then, absolutely just awesome. The guy, the guy. I mean, you're not gonna, everything you touch is not going to be a hit. It just, it just isn't. Yeah. doesn't matter what it is. And you're going to have some failures along the way. That's just the reality of the situation in Hollywood. And then he did Aquaman. I'm not saying that it was a bad movie, but come on. Shazam, Birds of Prey, and Wonder Woman 1984. Now, Jeff Johns... I, um, I wish I could find which comics that he was, he, he, he um, worked, oh, here it is. <clears throat> so, I don't know when, DC Universe Zero, here it is. So, from 2008, I think that's, yeah, 52 right there, 2006 through 2019. So, for 13 years, he's been working on the 52 stuff. And, frankly, it's garbage. There's problems with it. Yeah. There's massive problems with it. And if you base all of your shit off of the last 13 years, guess what? Yeah. You're producing shit. Were there uh, any times while you were watching Shazam that you got like the any of the feels like you get when you're, you're watching a Marvel film? Like how this is pretty fucking good, you know? No. There was, I think, one moment that came kind of close was right at the end when Superman shows up in the, in the cafeteria. I don't know why. It just had this... It gave me that. It gave me like a, a something. It didn't. See, usually I get like like cool emotional when yeah. when the John Williams Superman theme plays. Yeah, but I didn't even notice it. I didn't either. And it, it was in the credits, but I didn't notice it. Yeah. And and I just, I'm not disappointed in this film, but under fucking whelmed though. I, I'm I'm yeah I'm underwhelmed with this film because I mean, look I, I liked what they did with Mark Strong's character Doctor Savannah. 
Uh-huh. I like that they took a character that wasn't popular like Black Adam or whoever else Shazam fights. Yeah. They they delved into magic instead of, you know, created superpowers or whatever, well, inherited superpowers. Yeah, toxic waste or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, not, well, not necessarily, <laughs> but yeah, same thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, the, the, um, the Seven Deadly Sins and everything else that was involved. Mm. My problem with the entire DC universe, with the exception of Wonder Woman, is the fact that they're basing all of this off of 13 years of the new 52. Mm. And, you know, it's it's just they continually reboot the entire universe. They continually change things to to placate people yeah. i i don't know what the hell they're doing there damn like, you know what dc feels like they're doing a constant audible yeah yeah you're right um oh let's go do this okay no let's try this okay let's go like what the fuck do like calm the fuck down and and focus well in the last 13 years yeah but the prior the prior years to that i mean everybody had their you know crisis infinity earth or their their you know reboot of the the universe or whatever back in the nineties, mm-hmm. you know, then that, that's fine. You, you got to kind of shake things up a refresh, little bit. Refresh, yeah. You know, not necessarily refresh, but shake things up a little bit. You know, and and but if you do it like you said, if you audible that all the time, yeah. If you continually refresh the universe, you're you and you start at ground zero. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? It means you don't have a plan. Yeah. It means you know nothing about what's going on. And, and and again, my other problem with this is that it seems that every everything that Jeff Johns has touched, movie-wise, he's been involved writing the comics as well. Yeah. When I don't, and, and part of that is not a problem, but it just seems that it's selective, like... I'm only going to do my stuff, and that's it. Yeah. Whereas when you look at what Kevin Feige d- has done, yeah. he just, like, uh, this is what Marvel has done. They went back to the original pile of fucking comics. Yeah. Iron Man, not necessarily original, but the, like, if you go back to Iron Man, he went back to the original story. Yeah. Shazam is based off of the Shazam comic from a, from a couple of years ago. With some nods to the action comics, with some nods to the Marvel, to, to the original Captain Marvel, with some nods to this. Yeah. Marvel went back, and if you want, we can compare this. We can do comparisons like this. Mm-hmm. The same with Captain America. The same with <coughs> um, even the Incredible Hulk. They I mean, they changed some stuff, but they actually got back to the Gamma Ray stuff. Yeah. So that's fine. Um, I, I'm not... I. He was like, you know, part super soldier serum and then also gamma ray affected. Well, yeah, well, in the movie, you know, in the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, movie. in the, in in the comic it was gamma rays, but he may have injected himself with the super superhero or the super soldier, yeah. Soldier serum. And that's fine, you know, that that's it, you can't predict the future. You can't predict 50 years into the future. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, and realize what gamma rays actually do to living tissue. No, you can't. <laughs> you can't predict fifty years in the future with nanotechnology, and yeah. and then making a movie based off of the Hulk with nanotechnology. Yeah, blah blah blah. I know, just like a lot of space movies that were made in the fifties and sixties, and now there's just things that are way different now, or assumptions about planets. What is the problem with the DC universe? Are they trying? Is it like they're trying too hard? They they try. They they. It's a facade. 
they try to make they they try to do these grand presentations of 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 you know large characters, beautiful costumes, and beautiful you know big big explosive effects, but there's no s- true substance to it. It doesn't. It just feels like like I I keep going back to it. Scattershot. It's just you know they just okay. Well now you're gonna okay. This guy over here is gonna go do this guy, and then okay well, we're gonna have this guy over here go do this guy. You know. It just seems like that's what Warner Brothers is doing with their with their DC division. Just yeah, go ahead, go do your thing. You know, try this. You know, I like the okay. Well, no, I mean it's just it's just. Who was the guy that wanted the fucking uh, robotic spider in Superman? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. That guy. I, I, it's like is that it's not like, not Donner, but uh, yeah, it's like that fucking guy is still running shit or something. You know, the, he he ended up producing Wild Wild West. Yeah, you know, it seems like it's just. The studio's getting in the way, and there's no grand vision of doing this. Well, there's a there's obviously a grand vision. I mean, they have a plan. It, it seems like it's it's like a two year plan. No, it's. I mean, there's a long term plan. Let's let's move beyond that. They have a plan. If they didn't have a plan, we would have gotten Batman versus Superman or Justice League, or Wonder Woman or Aquaman, and they're all part of the same universe and moving towards a Batman a, v Superman. A specific direction felt like a a quick out of left field like oh hey Man of Steel was okay well, let's do Batman v Superman right but again my whole point is is that they are moving towards something we just don't know what that something is I think that they already did that something and then it collapsed in on them which you know Justice League and now they're trying to pick up the pieces and figure out what the fuck is going on really so Kinda. you think it completely collapsed on them then they continued on with a Wonder Woman movie. And then they continued on with an Aquaman movie, and now they're doing Shazam and Wonder Woman 1984, but it's completely collapsed on them. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm talking about, you know, uh, quality-wise, it collapsed on them. No. No. It, no. See, that's that's where we differ. I mean, it, the, the, you, you can't have a plan and produce all these films year after year without having a fucking plan. You can't do that. It's not just willy-nilly fucking throwing a dart at the table. I, I agree with you that what you said was, oh, you, go and do that and then come back to me. Go and do that and come back to me. However, it doesn't work like that because Jeff Johns is involved in every single one of these movies. Yeah. Okay, you he, know what? No, 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 hold on. He's helped write every single one of these movies. Uh-huh. Every one of them. With the exception, I think, of Wonder Woman. He may have helped write that one. Wherein lies the problem? <laughs> well, yeah. Um what just popped in my head was um, with uh, Lincoln when during the Civil War, where he had he had generals that were running, you know, different generals doing different things. Yeah, like Ulysses S. Grant turned out to be the most effective general that he used during the Civil War. But before that, he had another guy. Ulysses S. Grant was a drunk. Uh, he was, he was, but he ended up being successful at the end. Okay, he won like one campaign. And so, but he also had another general who kept fucking up. And kept making mistakes. I can't remember the guy's name. Ulysses S. Grant. No, no, no. It's a completely different dude. The guy even tried to run for president against Lincoln and everything. Um, and this, yeah, this guy just kept fucking up. And But Lincoln didn't have anyone as good as um, uh, Stonewall Jackson and uh, Robert E. Lee on the Confederate side. And so but, so, but he had to keep going back to this guy. And yeah, this guy just kept fucking making mistakes on the battlefield with his troops. And that 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 kind of makes me reminds me of DC. You know, they got the wrong people in place. You know, sure they're 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 winning sometimes here and there, but they're not they're not winning enough, and they're not doing the good enough job. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I just, like, was it like a, a month or two ago? Oh, yeah, a couple months ago. I think it was when I had the flu. Um, I watched the uh, the the Civil War documentary. That, that Oh, God damn, I knew the guy's fucking name. Ken Burns. Ken Burns' uh, documentary from, uh, like, 1990. It was fucking excellent. And, uh, yeah, it's very, very informative. Anyways, so I'm going to ask again. I think it was Sherman. Yep, it was uh, it was Sherman. He was a fucking shitty ass general. Or wait, you know what? Uh, uh I you know what? I I don't even want to. Oh nope. God, see see, it's McClellan. McClellan's the one who fucked everything up. Got fucking everything up. So, yeah, Tecumseh was actually a badass. Okay. Anyway, anyway, so going back to DC. Fucking DC. So, it just. Sure, of course they're not just you know out of nowhere going. Okay, let's go do Aquaman now. No, I, I know they, there's got to be some kind of planning in there, but they've got the wrong people in place doing this shit, and they're not planning anywhere near well enough for this. Well, I disagree. I mean, you got to you got to have a plan, and and they're obviously planning well enough. It's just they're not executing. There's a difference between planning and executing. Well, like I said, I think they have the wrong people in place. Okay, who would you put in place? I don't know. That that's why these people make millions of dollars. They're supposed to fucking know this all on their own. They're supposed to If you if you who would you put in there? <laughs> I don't know. Who uh, who would I put in Think there? Think about it. Well, I mean, let's if, see. If you had a look, okay, let me let me break it down to something a little bit more um easy to answer. If you had a choice to put somebody in charge of DC, who would you stay away from? Who would I stay away from? Uh, let me Damon Lindelof. <laughs> Stay away from. Hold him. on, I knew you were going to do that. I'm not talking about specifics. Don't be specific. Where would you look, or where would you remove people, or where wouldn't you look? I would remove people that have a track record. Okay, I don't care about that. Where would you look? Um, comic writers. I would look for com- um people that are affiliated. We already have a comic writer in there, and he sucks. So move on to another one. No. You get someone that has no fucking experience with, with with writing a comic. Kevin Feige wasn't a comic writer. Kevin Feige was a producer. He started with Lauren Donner Schuler. That's that's the problem with DC. I mean, that sounds kind of. I mean, look, it's it's of course it's it's successful, but it sounds like you know if you like, it almost sounds like he's an exception because if it's, you he's not an exception, absolutely not because. What he did was he learned from all of the mistakes that this guy, Avi Arad, made and all the all the good stuff that Donner did and all the mistakes that Donner did. I mean, Avi Arad didn't make a lot. I mean, he made mistakes, but he's let's face it. I mean, the guy fucked up Marvel. Mm-hmm. Then he took all of that and he said, this is what they did wrong. I mean, he sat and he learned everything about producing, everything about you know, Marvel stuff. I mean, he worked as an assistant executive producer on Volcano and You've Got Mail. You know, two huge movies, whether you like Volcano or not, is besides the point. Some people loved it. Some people fucking hate it. But what I'm getting, what I'm, the, the, the thing that I'm getting to is he sat and he learned. He's not a fucking comic guy. He, he probably, I mean, he loved, he was, you know, he went to the Southern California School of Cinematic Arts, but he's, he, he didn't, He's not a comic writer. He's not a comic artist. He he has he his his deal with comics is that he makes movies. Yeah. So he understands that he has to have the right people in place 
to to get the get get the ball rolling and keep it rolling. Right, but we already knew that. What I'm saying is is that he's he has nothing to do with comics. He's not a comic guy. He's not Todd McFarlane or Eric Larson or Jeff Johns or Jim Lee or any of those guys. He has no vested interest in taking his stuff, his comics or anything that he's written and making movies out of them. So you're pretty much saying that he that people that are too connected are just they're way too biased. Not and, and, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you were if you had written a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And you're all of a sudden a producer and you're like, "Hey, why don't we make a movie out of this? I wrote it. All we have to do is just write fucking, you know, an hour and a half worth of fucking shit." Yeah. But we've already got 30 pages. Hell, we've got an entire library. But that's what I'm saying, yeah. You need someone that isn't invested in themselves Mm -hmm. with their own published work. You know what I'm saying? It's like having Stephen King do all of his own fucking books as movies. Yeah, but Stephen King doesn't care about that. But you're right, yeah. Yeah. You know, he he doesn't... I mean, as far as Stephen King's concerned, everything that... Every movie that he... That is made out of his books, he loves. Yeah, I mean, I'm using him because he's smart enough to realize that... There's more capable hands of, of doing his films than himself. Yeah, he's not a movie maker, but he can write scripts. Yeah. You know, and then even then, I'm pretty sure he's just like, I don't really care about the script. It's mm-hmm. kind of shitty. It, you know, I mean, he's just honest with himself. Yeah, he learned after doing Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> no, he didn't. He said he fucking knew he was doing He said he was coked out of his fucking mind when he was doing it. And Sleepwalkers. He did. He, I don't think he directed Sleepwalkers. He I wrote think- it. Okay, okay, but I, I'm talking about like just actually show running his own stuff. You know? uh, he, uh, he was a sh- well, I thought he was a showrunner on Kingdom Hospital. That's possible. I'm, just, uh, but I mean director duties. You know, cause yeah, he, but uh, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but not necessarily. I mean, I'm talking about producer because mm-hmm. Jeff Johns doesn't necessarily direct; he produces. Yeah. So, what is a common element with the problem with DC so far? They keep using uh, guys that have tunnel vision because they're stuck in their own shit. Jeff Johns is the producer of these movies. Yeah. What is the common element of the problem with these movies? Is that it's stuck in his world. Thank you. What is the common element with Marvel? Honoring the source material. And? I feel like I'm in fucking class, man. I, I you know, sometimes Stop I just- Stop being defensive. Just- I, I'm not. I just, it's like the build me a fucking watch thing. I Just, just tell me. No. I want you to figure <laughs> it out. Uh, they pay it forward to the, to the people. They're not making movies for themselves. They're making movies for you and me. Yeah. Fans of the material. Not just honoring the source of the material, making movies for you and me. Now, does that mean that all of the stuff is good? No. I mean, Thor Dark World wasn't a great movie. No. Iron Man 3 wasn't a great movie. Age of Ultron wasn't a great movie. But it's not about those individual movies because those movies are a puzzle piece to a larger, to the larger, you know, Infinity War or Infinity Gauntlet, or whatever you want to call it, yeah. but the larger Infinity War picture, okay? That's where they were building. They couldn't use X-Men, so they bring in Guardians of the Galaxy. What's wrong? Oh, I just got a phone call from an 800 number, at, and it's fucking 10 o'clock at night, so I'm like, what the hell? Well, don't worry about it. Yeah, all right. Do they leave a message? Well, they, they might be. I don't know. Yeah, just go ahead. So by by taking that source material and making some adjustments, and providing us, even, I mean, look, whether you like Captain Marvel or not, they, they, took, they took from all sources of Captain Marvel, but they went with the, they went with the main, the, 
the source that's been the most recent, the more popular Captain Marvel stuff. Yeah. You know, and they gave us, they gave the fans what they wanted. And whether you liked Captain Marvel or not has nothing to do with it. Mm. They made a movie and w- went st- and, and stuck with the, with the source material based off of the most recent Captain Marvel. Um, and part of that is the decision to go with a female yeah. character. Uh, the other part of that is to show that uh, uh, female characters are just as strong as male characters. Okay, that's in there's that's fine. That that works. Yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. I mean, you have heroes of all shapes, all origins, colors, creeds, and genders. Right. The problem with DC, apart from the female thing, yeah. is that's not a problem. The problem with DC is you're taking we've been over this ad nauseum, but you're <laughs> taking from the last 13 years stuff that has been primarily written by Jeff Johns and producing movies out of them instead of going back to source material and giving the fucking fans what they want. Yeah, and they're grabbing they're grabbing old source material and just using it as a, almost like a fucking punchline. I, I kind of, but no, I don't think they're using it as a punchline. It's line. not as blatant as say when you watch Pixels, and and Pixels had all these '80s homages that felt cheap. Okay, I mean, they're they're taking all these these great moments from the comics, and they're just like remember this, you know, and and just throwing it in there, and you know, let's combine it with this, let's combine it with that, you know. Uh, I think you're thinking more of Batman Superman, but yeah, like yeah. I, I no, look, I, I I'm right there with you. Yeah. And that's and that's also part of the problem with this whole this this entire universe is a fucking disaster. Yeah. With the exception of Wonder Woman and Shazam. Shazam is not a disaster. Yeah. It's a fun movie. It and, and like I said, it's it's based off of the Shazam series from you know a couple years back uh-huh. for the new Fifty Two. I mean, right down to the the family, everything. It's taken right from the comic. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah, I. But look, we I have a but we have a fucking disconnect. Yeah, I didn't walk out of the movie thinking, oh, this sucked. You know, like when I walked out of Aquaman, I thought, well, part of it sucked. Part of it was entertaining. It was okay. Yeah. This movie, I was entertained by it. It just, it just, I don't know, it didn't. There were problems. Yeah, it didn't. And, and Zachary Levi is not anywhere part of the problem. No, no. Zach, yeah, Zach Levi is, was fine. You know, he was, he was great. You know, and then the, and the kid that played him was great. You know, they did, you know, they did an awesome job. You know, I, I love the whole family dynamic that worked. You know, um, do I mean, did they have that in the in the comic as well that the whole family becomes uh, yes. Shazamis? <laughs> yes. I was just looking that up for you so that you can understand that there is the Shazam family. Yeah. So I, I had a feeling that there was going that when they when it happened in the movie that it was based off of canon or whatever. Um, so see, look at that. That's yeah. fucking cool. That's an Alex Ross picture, by the way. Mm. Um, created by Wiz Comics. Well, it's not necessarily created by Wiz Comics. Uh, staff artist Clarence or Charles Clarence C.C. Beck uh, was recruited to design and illustrate Parker's story of Captain Thunder, and slowly it changed into Captain Marvel. It was introduced in Wiz Comics number two. What about Captain Lightning Fingertips? Captain Lightning Fingertips. In addition to introducing the main character, his alter ego, and his mentor, Captain Marvel's first adventure also introduced his arch enemy, the evil Dr. Savannah. So we have that. We have that connection right there. 
and found Billy Batson talking his way into a job as an on-air radio reporter with station WHIZ, and then Captain Marvel was a success. And then it went to Fawcett Comics. I'm trying to find, like, the 70s is more the, the, um, where you have the Billy Batson family and the power of Shazam. That's and that's fine. That's that 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 works. Um, I'm glad that they actually put that in there. <laughs> but when you are when you're pulling from from material and as you said, using it as kind of a a butt to the you know joke. Yeah. It dilutes the material. Yeah. I mean, am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Am I the asshole here? Yeah. Well, am I the <laughs> asshole? Yeah, I look, man. I'm not a huge comic book guy. That you know, I, I read a little here and there, and I base a lot of the info I've got off of just the Marvel cards that came out in the '90s. Those right. are really fucking cool. I love those. And uh, you know, I, I I just remember certain things, and it was really cool to to see them on the big screen. You know, to do that. But if they started changing shit up in major ways and combining major moments and things like that, it just it diminishes it. It diminishes it in a way that just just doesn't make it special anymore, you know? Did I mean did did Doomsday really need to have fucking Lex Luthor's uh DNA in him? No. No. You know? Did the death of Superman need to happen two years after he's revealed as Superman in front of everyone, in front of the world? No. That didn't fucking seem like he's special enough to fucking die yet for the world. It just all of this shit just bugs the shit out of me, you know? Yeah. And I can't even imagine, like, say, for someone like you that read a lot of this stuff growing up and to this day, and to see the way that it, it's going. I mean, if it pisses me off, then it's definitely got to piss And I know it pisses you off even more. Yeah. So here it is, uh, the new 52 relaunch. Um, in this concept, concept, all six kids say Shazam in unison to become an alternate version of Captain Marvel named Captain Thunder, while the continuity would be altered again by the conclusion of the story, creating the new 52 multiverse. The three new Shazam kids will be introduced for later appearances. Um, Billy Batson, Mary Batson, Freddie Freeman are joined by three new kids, Eugene Choi, Pedro Pena, and Darla Dudley, who are in the movie, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, we, what more what, what more do we need to say about this? I mean, it makes me want to just start doing a podcast about what we can do to fix all these problems. Like, it's as simple as capes. The problem with DC Universe versus Marvel is the capes. And I'll be very specific. If you look at Thor's cape, yeah. it looks like a fucking cape. Yeah. As he's walking around and it's draped over him and it's flowing. Yeah. Or Vision when he's floating up when he when he's just floating there. Or Doctor Strange. Yeah, and he and well the Doctor Strange no because his cape is alive. Vision, however, when he's when he's floating there and you see his cape waving in the breeze. Yeah. And, or whoever else has capes, right? Um, Shazam is the exception because they use the cape as, as you know, when fucking um, uh, Savannah grabs him, was tossing him around and yeah. stuff like that. I, I and I was fine with with that. They because a lot of the action focused your eye away from the cape. Yeah. The, again, the problem with DC comes as down to specifics, which is capes. If you see Superman standing there, you don't see his cape fluttering. You see his cape kind of just kind of hanging limply. Like a dude in a costume. Like a dude with a limp dick. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like dude in a costume. Yeah. Like, put a fucking fan behind him or something. <laughs> Blow out that cape. No capes. And, yeah, that's that's exactly what I thought <laughs> when I was watching as his cape got stuck, right? Yeah. Or his cape got cried. No capes. <laughs> so, 
I when when I saw the movie, I was impressed with the way that they did things. I I like that they used the the train to get to wherever, and then it disappeared. I you know the car, the this, the that, the other thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what 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 I thought was cool was some of the little cameos behind the doors, like the alligators, which were actually from another universe, and that they were actually in one of the comics, yeah, and a couple of other things. But my problem with the whole thing comes down to you have a guy that's running DC Studios that is only invested in doing his own thing and doesn't what's the word I'm looking for he's not open to outside opinions yeah. or outside I don't know I don't know about that but I mean he's in, obviously he's invested in making these movies as best as he can you have to be yeah but um I'm, yeah look I know he's not trying to fucking uh, Roger Corman Fantastic Four it right you know I, I I know that they're trying it's just that they're just not trying the right way <laughs> yeah I mean when you have a person like Kevin Feige who is in it to win it yeah and he has he doesn't have a preference yeah about you know who does what I'm sure he does have a preference about who does what because they have a slate of movies that they want to do. But what I'm saying is he doesn't have a preference as to, you know, what storyline is being used in terms of, you know, giving a character t- screen time. I mean, you have to have the aura. I, I don't know if you have to have the origin story all the time, but you still have to have the origin story. And they're pulling from they're pulling from their proper resources. And but that's not what DC is doing. I just can't think of the goddamn word. He's invested, but he's separated. Okay, because he has no, he he has no um, perspective. <laughs> no, he he's he's completely separated from. Hold on a second. God damn it! So yeah, so what I'm what I'm trying to get at is they're invested, but they're removed from the entire situation. Uh-huh. Meaning they 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 are not allowing themselves to get involved, get in, get in the way of the, of of the create the create yeah in a sense the creative team i mean there are some cases where marvel has fired people you know edgar wright being one of them yeah well edgar wright fired himself but the, where they up and just fucking fired people because they weren't happy and josh sweden lord well, miller lord miller josh trank well lord miller weren't that's lucasfilm but same same idea yeah uh trank yeah absolutely but again lucasfilm um when it comes down to doing their thing, Figgy is there to keep the ship going and to make sure that everything is running smoothly and to keep out of the creative process for the most part. Yeah. That's that's what I take get a that's what I get out of it. You know, I'm sure that he's involved in the creative process, yeah. but you don't see his name involved in any of the writing credits. You just see his name involved in the producing credits. Yeah. So that tells me that the only thing that his he the only job that he cares about is making sure that the product that leaves and gets on the shelves for us to watch is for us by having the right people in place. By having the right people in place. Yeah. And and not but that Marvel had to put him into place. Yeah. And that's the problem with DC. They're not putting the right people in place, which is what we've talked about at nauseum again. Yeah. I like you know, I'm using that word this week, which is they continually put people in place that have too much vested interest in the story and not enough vested interest in producing product that 
the people are going to want to go see. Yeah. Who the fuck would have thought Guardians of the Galaxy would have been a massive hit? (laughs) Right? Yeah. I mean, I never read the goddamn comic. Ever. Yeah. I mean, I knew it existed, but I I was never invested in the Guardians of the Galaxy. That's a C or a D-level comic. Yeah, they're going to be doing Eternals soon. Yeah, I heard about that with Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Well, they want Angelina. But that doesn't necessarily mean. Well, she's yeah. You know, she technically she's connected to the Mouse House because she's doing a Maleficent sequel. So, uh, yeah, true. Yeah, so. good point. Um, Just like the Johnny Depp thing, man. Once they got you, they got you. The, yeah, they fired him. Well, you know, yeah, but they had him for a good de- over a decade. Yeah, you know that doesn't mean that he won't be able to come back. Yeah, because you need Jack Sparrow. Okay, I mean, come on, man. Um, Jack Sparrow, British spy. <laughs> How cool would that be? Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> Aside from that, all right. There you go. There you go, Disney. There's, boop. There's an idea for you. That that's the problem with DC. Yeah. I mean, Aquaman. It, I think it got in its own way with too much. Uh, I like some of the stuff that they did, but again, well, the scary part about Aquaman is that it made a billion dollars plus. So that means that that just encourages DC to keep doing things in a way yes, that they're doing it. So did Batman versus Superman. Uh, it didn't make as much as they hoped it would. It, I you know just like Justice League didn't make anywhere near as much as they hoped it would. It made money, don't get me wrong, but it didn't do what they were hoping. It, you know what did they think that they, that it was going to do? They 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 thought that you know B, um, BVS was going to make uh, over a billion. It was going to do Avengers numbers. You know like the first Avengers like one point five. Is that is that what DC said or is that what we were just pulling out of our asses? I just remember at the time. Yeah, see, like, cause you know, uh, Justice League was hope they they were hoping for it to get to a billion. I'm pretty sure it made a billion dollars, Joe. That's box office. Yeah, I know. I know. Maybe. Pretty sure that fucking movie made a billion dollars. With people buying the Zack Snyder cut. Yeah. Well, they 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 say there isn't one, and they're never going to release one. Zack Snyder has said that there is a release. There is there is one in that. Yeah. But I don't care. Uh, you know. It doesn't matter. The movie's still going to suck no matter what. Yeah. Just, you know, just like watching the extended version of Superman v. Batman. Um, or Batman v. Superman. Pretty sure that fucking movie made a billion dollars with with all the other stuff going on. Yeah. But with it, CD sales or DVDs. But still, I mean, it's uh, $875 million is nothing to yawn about. Yeah. Yeah, they need someone running shit that's more subjective. Yes. I think that may have been the word I'm looking for. <laughs> uh, Wonder Woman made a, a billion. I mean, it didn't make a billion in box office, but it made $821 million, but it made a billion. So you have three movies right there that made a billion dollars a piece based off of box office and DVD sales. Yeah, and see, movies like Wonder Woman and and Aquaman making that much money, it, it makes them think that, oh, we're kind of doing something right because we're making money, so let's just keep going. And it, you know, it's like I actually want I want their films to fucking not make any money. So then finally maybe <laughs> you know, DC goes, "What the fuck? We got to we we got the wrong people in place. We got to we got to change this completely cuz this ain't fucking working." But instead, it's going to keep limping along quality-wise because there's films that keep making money for them. You know, Shazam, I don't know. I don't think Shazam Shazam's not going to hit Aquaman money. Like right now it's at 167 million worldwide. Um, Aquaman was way past that one in its in its first two weeks, but still, I wouldn't doubt. I I, I don't th- I don't even know how much it cost. I, did Shazam cost less to make than uh, Aquaman? I think it did. Yeah, it definitely did. I just don't know how much. Eighty to one hundred million. Yeah. See, the budget was lower because Aquaman was like I think Aquaman was one hundred fifty to two hundred million. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, see, that's why I thought New Line Cinema's name was attached because they already had some rights to it or something like that. Yeah. I just read something that, oh, here it is right here. New Line Cinemas was absorbed into Warner Brothers during the course of development. I I wanted to say something while you were talking about the whole Wonder Woman Shazam thing, and I can't remember what the fuck you said. It was about how movies being successful. That's it. Just because a movie makes $100 million or whatever doesn't necessarily make it a success. Well, we, you know. It's, Money it, doesn't equal success. I know. Well, we, we talked about it like with the Transformers things. You know, why why are they going to change up Transformers at all when, when Bay's films keep making a billion? Right. And and, and and that's exactly it. But, I mean, why do people keep going to see these movies? Yeah. And then complaining about how they're vapid. Like, if you don't like the movie, don't go fucking see yeah. it. Yeah. I just watched Bumblebee uh, again for last night, and uh, it's definitely a step in the right direction. It's a better movie. Fucking A it is. I mean, it's still not great, but it's much better. It's like, like uh, oh, my uh, my sons are watching with me last night, right? And that whole intro sequence in, in, on Cybertron, they're like, that's how the first Transformers should have started. Yeah, and they're like, and it's my fucking kids saying that. I mean, there you go. Even they fucking get it. <laughs> what am I? What did Kendrick say? He said, "He goes, yeah, should have started off just like this instead of this stupid Shia LaBeouf bullshit." <laughs> like you don't like the Wit Wiki? AV Club said Shazam is still a modern day ten pole blockbuster, overburdened with backstories for both hero and villain and subtext that it can't or won't fully articulate, which I agree with. Uh, the publication followed up with a further consideration of masculinity. That's the new fucking thing. Toxic masculinity. Get the fuck out of here. In the superhero genre, generally by focusing on the transition from Billy Batson to from boy to man with power and responsibility. Uh, the finale, while admirably self-contained and small scale, grinds on for far too long. A boring escalation of anticlimaxes that cumulatively dull the intended emotional impact. It is a film in need of a tighter edit with a script in need of a sharper polish, an imperfect franchise launcher, launcher that nonetheless represents significant progress for DC. Okay, I, I can could, get behind I could, that. I can see that. I mean, you know, I they were able to cram a lot of stuff into that film, you know, with the family and the yeah. villain and, you know, maybe maybe it wasn't didn't need to be necessary to make the family the Shazam family yet, you know? Maybe they could have, you know, just But they took it straight from the comic. Yeah. Oh, so I mean, that's they what they were doing. They could have, you know, gone to waited till the next film or something to do it, you know. But the comic that they pulled it from yeah. did exactly that. That's that's what the whole thing is about. They just pulled from like the first run comics, mm. the first fifty-two Shazams, or I should say the fir- the first run issue, whatever five or whatever the fuck introduced Savannah, reintroduced Savannah. Uh-huh. That's what they pulled it from. They pulled it from that run, that storyline. Uh, 100%. And and again, that's... Joe Rogan. <laughs> what? Joe Rogan says 100% all the fucking time. I I just saw this thing that, that that mentioned that Joe Rogan, like a lot of people say 100% now because Joe Rogan says it all the time on his, sh- on his, sh- on his show. Sure, okay. It's just what popped in my head. So, but again, my problem is is that if you're going to have Jeff Johns in, be involved, you either have him be involved producing the goddamn film and staying out of the writing process yeah. or you make him become a fucking writer. That's it. He can't be involved in both a- aspects. Yeah. Because as a producer, he has too much power, and then he starts to polish up scripts and whatever else, and then he can just basically, you know, whip out his fucking producer dick and start beating people to death with it and saying, <laughs> saying no, this is the way it's going to go. That's a hell of a visual. You know, and, and, and that's, that's, that's part of my problem with this whole thing is that you have Jeff Johns, uh-huh. 
involved with writing parts of the script. Yeah. Get out of the process. Hire people that can fucking do this stuff so that you don't have to continually write and stop pulling fucking storylines from the New 52 universe. I've already beaten that horse to death. Yeah. (laughs) I just keep picturing my head, producer dick, just running around slapping (laughs) around the office. It's like Michael Bay. Michael (laughs) Bay thing from uh, Robot Chicken. So... Yeah, I just I, I I'm I'm getting to the point where I'm almost done with DC stuff. Yeah, you know, uh, the the fandom is toxic. Same with Lucasfilm. The fandom is toxic. Yeah. I don't I don't even bother reading. The only thing that I care about with the Lucasfilm stuff is is uh, the Star Wars fan films. You yeah. know, uh, and, and you know the Vader the the Vader theory stuff or the Star Wars theory Vader films. Yeah, you know, other than that, I say the fuck away from. All of that because, and then they like to speak for other people. Yeah. Don't. So just shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. If you think that you're speaking for everybody, you're not. Just shut your fucking mouth and leave it at that. Well, but Mike, you're supposed to see it the way they see it. No. No, I don't. You know that. Yeah. And, and I just, uh, it's, it's, we talk about toxic masculinity, but what about toxic fandom? Yeah. You know, and, and, and the the Zack Snyder stuff is the exact opposite with toxic fandom, where all they do is just talk about how great Zack Snyder is. No, he's not. He made one good fucking film. Two. He made two good fucking films. And then everything else, he, well, he was kind of, was he involved in Sin City? Not that I'm aware of, no. I think his influence was, though. Obviously, over Frank Miller with the 300 stuff. Well, I mean, so Sin City three hundred. Oh, that's right. He did do three hundred, didn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, because he did Dawn of the Dead remake, which was really fucking good remake. Um, and yeah, he did the uh, he did three hundred Watchmen, Guardians of Gay Hole, right? Um, Man of Steel, Watchmen, Sucker Punch, Watchmen. Yeah, see, he's got. We yeah, we've talked about this fucker before, man. I, yeah, yeah he's, he's got a good resume, but he's made. Okay, three good movies. Yeah, Watchmen's a fucking excellent film, and and so and is, even then, that's that's debatable. Some people don't fucking like it. Look, I didn't like it at first, and then I watched it again from a different perspective, and all of a sudden now I fucking love the movie. Yeah. So, but I, I just I think that for the most part, um, Zack Snyder is not good for this style of universe. It yeah. just doesn't work. That doesn't mean that he's not a good director or has potential. But I mean, if you look at his if you look at his whole catalog. Dude, you have three good movies, and the rest are just aping on those three good the movies. The guy made fucking Michael Bay-type commercials when he first started. Right. Okay? You have a guy who's more about visual than about substance. Right. It, well, guess what? When you have, when you apply him to something that is full of mythology and substance, but all he wants to do is make it look good. Right. Well, something's going to fucking fail, and you got what we yeah, got. You, you can't let, you, you know, you can't let the scale tip. Yeah, like or see, you got Guillermo del Toro. He's like the opposite. Guillermo del Toro wants things to make look good. He's very visual, but also he has story. He has character, you know, development for the most part. I mean, he's got, I mean, you know, Crimson Peak was a shitty fucking movie, but it wasn't a horrible movie, right? You know, I mean, the guy still usually re- creates really good characters. Yeah. So. I, okay, I you know, I'm right there with yeah, you. Yeah, you know, there's people that the can do. There's people that can. Oh, that's oh. right. We don't rate the movies. Anymore. Yeah, we don't. Uh, fuck that. So, would you recommend the movie? Yes. Okay. Why? For, for DC fans, um, for 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 uh, comic book fans, um, it's 
it's just, it's interesting it's interesting to see because it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different, not too much, because the movie feels too familiar for the most part. Okay, but um, do I think you need to see it in theaters? No, I I don't. I really don't. It just yeah, I think you can watch it at home. Okay, you recommend the movie, but don't go see it in the movie theaters. Yeah, I mean you you should see it as a superhero fan, but. If you don't see it in theaters, it's not one of those ones where like you're like, oh fuck, I should have saw it in theaters. This is one, it worth buying? I don't think so. What about its pop culture? Um, its uh, effect on pop culture? No. Okay. No. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. I I, I mean I, I it's like the you know I, I'd like it to be, but it's just not. No. I. Sorry. Get on with the news, nerd. <laughs> All right. So um yeah, we saw some trailers. You like talking about trailers? Just go. <laughs> Stop preparing to prepare, dork. I'm just I'm trying to set you up, man. You don't need to set me up. Just go in. I'm trying, I'm, I'm right I'm I'm, I'm, I'm try- sitting right fucking here. I'm trying to set you up, you cocksucker. All right. Uh yeah, we saw you uh you shared that Stuber trailer with with me with uh Dave Batista right. and uh Kumail Nanjiani. Yeah, you you sent me the uh trailer for for the uh the dead don't die. Yeah, and and I sent you the trailer for Stuber cuz I had I clicked on your Yeah. I'm like, okay, you know, I'll watch it. Um Well, yeah, cuz it's fucking Bill Murray. I'm like and Adam Driver, we both like those guys. And like even though it's a zombie movie, I'm like, well, let's see, you know. Yeah. So, and then the and then the fucking trailer for Stuber starts starts up and I'm like, Oh, because as I'm watching, I'm like, it's an ad. I'm like, oh, it's yeah. a fucking ad. I don't want to watch this fucking ad. Yeah, it's got Kumal Nanjiani, and I like him, but uh, if it's another goddamn movie, for, and then Dave Bautista gets in the car, uh-huh. he's like, he's like, I want, I need you to go to Compton, Compton, <laughs> right? And the guy's like, I, I need, I need, an, I just need a regular address, you know? Yeah. And Kumal Nanjiani also, he does Harmontown. Yeah. So he'll be on Har- Dan Harmon's uh, podcast and stuff like that. And he's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's more hilarious doing Harmontown than he is on on uh, uh, Silicon Valley. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Well, he he's only can do what his fucking script tells him to do pretty much when he does that. Yeah, but, I mean, comedians tend to uh, uh, improvise. He seems very inhibited on that show. What? Yeah, yeah. His, his, I because I've I've listened to a stand up before. Yeah. And yeah. he's like I said, he's fucking funny. Yeah. And he's really funny on Harmontown uh-huh. cuz he's just he's like he's like humble brag. Yeah. He's a humble brag type of guy. He's yeah. really fucking and then he's he's got that down. So, and they're trying to make Kumal Nanjiani's character very much like the Deadpool, the kid in the Deadpool character Like movies. Dopinder? Yeah, Dopinder. So, he's and he's like, "Take me to Compton." Right? Yeah. We're, we're talking about Stuber before we talk about that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, so I'm like it's got Dave Bautista in it. Yeah, I have to watch this. Oh yeah, I've watched shitty fucking Netflix uh, straight to video movies with just because Dave Bautista was in them. So Bautista's in it, and then and then you know he pulls over because two more people get in, and he's like, "What are you doing in the car?" He's like, "Well, you you selected um, rideshare Uber rideshare." Yeah. So it's just more than one person instead of just the regular Uber ride. Yeah. So he yells at. He's like, "Get out of the car!" And he shows him the. He's like, "I'm a cop. Get out of the car!" And they're like, "Is this real?" He's like, "Get out of the car!" And they get out of the car, and then and then it goes from there. Yeah, and it looks it looks fucking funny. Um, again, it's it's basically just Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart. Yeah, it's it's, the, it's right along. It, it, well, no, it's Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart. Whatever that movie was. Oh, uh, Central Intelligence. Yeah, or, or whatever it is. Yeah, it's kind of like that, but you know. Yeah, but right along. 
It's Central Intelligence butt ride along. I, I, I can't. I've only watched the trailer once, and I was stoned when I watched it. So I can't. I remember just remembering the, the end part was fucking hilarious. So I was like, okay. This he throws a gun at the guy. Yeah. And the guy catches it, beats Dave Batista with it. Yeah. So that that was funny. So I, I'm like, this could be good. It could be. Uh, do you have the balls to do it? Hey, it's already got a rating. Hasn't even come out yet. It, I, it's already got a fucking Rotten Tomatoes. They can they they do this is this rating is based off of how what, how many people want to see this movie. That's what it is. Okay. That's not a rating. It's okay interest in seeing the movie. No. What is this fucking beard trend, man? It's, it seemed like it started with baseball players. Now all of a sudden, fucking everyone's doing it. Baseball players have been doing it for years. Well, it got more relevant, or the more um, not not relevant. Um, it's. Th- no. More prominent, like after the fucking, when the Giants started fucking winning shit. No, it hasn't. That's what it seemed like. No, playoff beards. It's been going on for ages. Football, baseball, hockey, playoff beards. You're just noticing it now because of this. Why can't just these cunts just say, I don't want to shave? Why don't you just not worry about it? I'm worried about it. <laughs> be cool, be nice. I'm Stu. How do you do? Compton. <laughs> Compton. He said get the fuck out of the car. Oh, I am not touching that. It's a baby gun. It allows you to fire it. Dude, that movie could be, it could be one of those kind where it is fucking hilarious or it'll be where the trailer sets a good tone for it. But then when you watch it in the movie, none of it fits right at all. You know, like, like, like Ride Along. See, I don't get that feeling with Stuber. And I I hope so. I got that feeling with Ride Along, yeah. But with Stuber, Mm -hmm. no. I was going to click on the uh, Angry Birds 2 trailer, but (laughs) just to annoy you. uh, I didn't, Uh, I didn't dislike Angry Birds. I, I didn't. So doesn't bother me it wasn't awful it's just look uh, we've seen a lot fucking worse man like rio i fucking hated the rio movies and or trolls or any of that shit all right i'll watch this the guy everybody hated the guy everybody hated who kind of saved the whole island Anyway, war with Leonard and the pigs? What are you gonna do? I'm a foodie. Still going on. Those pigs are gonna pay for our lunches. What? For our wall. They're gonna pay for the wall. 
They still have they what's his name? What, Bill Hader? Oh. No. And me? Well, he was in Pixels. But I'm finding healthier ways to deal with it. Hello! I know we've had our differences, but we've discovered that there's a third island. Fire another ice ball! And they're plotting to destroy us all. Oh, crap. Give me one good reason why I should believe you. I'll show you the proof. Squill Team says... What the heck? Really? We'll be practicing this a hundred times. Guys, this is my sister, Silver. I just don't think you're going to be compatible with the team. Oh, wow. It is such a pleasure to meet not you, but you. I like her. We got to get to the island, is what my assistant was going to say. Assistant? You're the assistant. Nope. No, no, no. Oh, my God. Is this? This is the amazing team I've been working around the clock for. Oh, you stupid bird. <laughs> well, that's disappointing. Step one, we're going to break in and deactivate the weapon. We look amazing. We got to get that key card. Hello, fellow eagle god. Oh, no, he's doing a voice. Oh, no. He's <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna... Josh Gad. It's better than playing a fucking snowman, I'll tell you that. Is it? <laughs> Is it? Is it? All right. Uh, yeah, there was a Lion King full trailer that came out. Um, which, I mean, in a way, I mean, it's just like watching the fucking Aladdin trailer, man. It's just yeah, scene for scene, copy, you know, live action with CG added in. I, it, I mean, it looks fucking good. It does look good, but, I mean, I don't know. I just, I just don't know. <laughs> if it doesn't have this. You must have quit. This you one. You guys have to create a diversion. What do you want me to do? Dress and drag and do the hula? Yes. Oi! <laughs> I just love bowling for buzzards. I I I swear to God, if they don't, if they don't have that fucking song in the movie, yeah. It, no. Hey, look, Jungle Book had fucking "I Want to Be Like You" sung by Christopher Walken, which was fucking. They did a good job with that one. Yeah. So hopefully they'll they're, well, they're smart. Bill with Murray it. did the Bare Necessities. Yeah, yeah. I think those are the only two songs that were sung in the entire film, which is fine as long as you at least you at least you if you handle the Bare Necessities, then that's all you need. All right, so uh, yeah, there was a, the the animated Anna, Adams Family trailer, yeah, which looks like it's one of those either ways, you know what I mean? Looks like it could be pretty fucking good. I I could totally see though, in this fucking day and age, oh, it, should kids be seeing a movie where a guy's got his head in a clamp? Oh, stop! Oh, kids are gonna start copying that. Oh no! Are you aching for some bacon? 
Yay! It's a teaser. This is an average American family. And so is this. And so are these. Every family is different. But some families are more different than others. Damn you, Adams! It's hideous. It's horrible. Morticia needs to be it's more beautiful. Home. Yeah, you're right. Is that really as tight as you can make it? Well. Hello. Wednesday. What do you have there? I'm not sure. Strange. There's usually a murderous clown attached to the other end of these. Oh, meta. That's a meta joke. Come now, Gomez. Don't forget to kick your father goodnight. Yes, mother. my battleship <laughs> well done Pugsley and why does I wish something would liven up this already tedious day <laughs> thanks for trying Ichabod yes why does oh why does Uncle Fester, Fester have a nose like that no why does Fester sound like Cheech from the from Cheech and Chong when he does basement of the science building Live from the basement of the science building. Bugs, bugs on the windshield. Yeah. Bugs on the windshield. <laughs> I knew I had a coworker, and I'm going to say his name because he had a fucking unique name. His name was James Frogner. James and he, Frogner. And he had them little teeny corn teeth, you know, ba- like, ba- you know, you know, yeah, what I'm yeah, talking yeah. About. and he was a white boy who was really fat and he was a wannabe. So he was, you know. Always, you know, gangster this, gangster that. He drove a VW Bug, an orange one, uh-huh. and he had that same voice. And to hear a white dude with a chubby face and that fucking that voice trying to sound like he's black is fucking hilarious. Yo, man, what you gonna do? My what you gonna do shit, when man. they come for you? <laughs> so yeah. I'm looking at Charles Adams' art. And yeah, cool dude. I'm just. I, he was a nice dude. Very nice dude. But. He, Fucking, I mean, I, I really hope he grew out of that fic, that phase. I really do. So if you look at Charles Adams' art, the Morticia yeah. looks just like what they're doing. Okay. With, yeah, see. very skeletal. skeletal and then there's, there's Uncle Fester. And then, uh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's a good one. So, yeah, the movie looks like it could, um, it could be good, but it also looks like it could go the same route as... Hotels Transylvania or something, you know. Maybe um, there was a specific one that I wanted you to look at so you could see. Every time I see um, anything related to Adam's family, I always instantly think about Raúl Julia and always wish that fucker hadn't died of the heart attack <laughs> as early as he did, because it would have been cool to see him act in more things before he is untimely passing. That guy had definite on-screen charisma. I love Raúl Julia. Yeah, I and Tim Curry too. Yeah, oh yeah. Tim Curry's still alive, but he's uh, not very able anymore. Right. But yeah, yeah. Raul Julia. I think Raul Julia was like the only thing, it, you know, anything entertaining at all in, in saving the Street Fighter movie <laughs> as M. Bison. <laughs> God damn, that was a fucking turd of a movie, but at least Raul Julia was having a good time. Sure. 
<laughs> yeah, like you re- you can recall that fucking movie. I, if you ever even watched it all the way through, I have. Did what was the last time? Yeah, it, it, it's been See, a while. It, it looks just like I was looking for a specific one. There was a big portrait, and it had Fester in an angle. Yeah. And you could see his nose, see his nose right there. So if you look at the way that the kids are all dressed, I mean, even there's Wednesday. So they all, I mean, they're trying, they're going for the Charles Adams look. Yeah. So I respect that. There it is right there. See? Okay. All right. So that makes. I mean, he doesn't have as huge a nose as he does in the. the Yeah. His nose looks like a fucking uh, balloon animal. Yeah. But I'm okay with that. So whatever. You you can do a little artistic uh, creativity or whatever they call it. Yeah. See. <laughs> that Pugsley one right there where he's holding the lizard that looks like the um the same artist uh, that did um what's the one where you, the dinosaur comes to life in the museum and you and he starts walking him across the street the, and he hangs out with the kid all day it's from like the 50s or 60s and it, you know god damn it I can't remember the name of it shit that bugs the fuck out of me I know that story it's classic I thought you would know it off the top of your head <laughs> is it a book yeah it's a book it's where the you know the kid the the dinosaur comes alive and it becomes his friend for the day and they hang out and you know dinosaur helps direct traffic. How yeah. the dinosaur got to the museum? No, no, it's um, god damn that bugs the shit out of me. There it is, Danny and the dinosaur, all the way to the right. Never heard of it. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. But there we go. Yeah. So the the yeah the anime the um that that. Yeah, it's also like uh tin tin or whatever. Yeah, there we Sim- go. Similar to that. There we go. Yeah. I see what you're saying. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I just meant that that drawing. No, no, um, you, you're, you're right, right on with that. Yeah. So then uh, there was uh, the Joker teaser came out, and yeah. you know what? I first time watching it, I was I was a little interested, and then I watched it again. I'm like, you know what? As long as they don't consider it canon, I I, I uh, this this has fucking potential to be good. Uh, excuse me. It has it has the potential. You know what I mean? Because Joaquin is a very devoted method actor, so I could see him fucking relishing in that role, doing a better than you know. It already looks bit like it's going to be better than what fucking Leto did in Suicide Squad. We'll see. Oh. To smile and put on a happy face. She told me I had a purpose. To bring laughter and joy to the world. Is it just me? Or is it getting crazier out there? I like the song. Jimmy Durante. <laughs> shut up, shut up, shut up. And the colors. Yeah. You see, notice he was wearing the, uh, see, the yellow vest. Yeah.
I still think they're doing Killing Joke with this one, by the way. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Just that hallway shot with him holding the flowers. Mm -hmm. So, Hopefully there won't be a shitty joke at the end of it with Batman. (laughs) So, yeah, you know what? I mean, oh, that would have been interesting to see Willem Dafoe play the Joker, huh? Yeah. He's got the fucking face for it. Norman. Uh, What else? Oh, they had the, the Dead Don't Die trailer that came out with the, you know, Bill Murray. Yeah. Zombie movie. Not another zombie movie. <laughs> <coughs> kind of weird timing, especially since Zombieland 2 is coming out at the end of this year. Um. I have a thing for Chloe Savini, too. I don't know why. There's something about her, man. I- On these quiet streets, something terrifying. That's totally Twilight Zone. That was Ziggy, or Iggy. Uh, oh, Iggy Pop. Yeah. What the hell was it? A wild animal? This is really awful. Maybe the worst thing I've ever seen. What was it, wild animals? So what are you thinking? I'm thinking zombies. What? You know, the undead. Ghouls. You look gorgeous. Oh, my. Are you in this together? <laughs> Flesh-eating zombies. Don't joke. It's really, really creepy. Steve Buscemi. Oh, man. This isn't going to end well. They gravitate towards things they did when they were alive. Chardonnay. Did she just say Chardonnay? Yeah, she did. unfortunate. I'm quite confident of my ability to defend myself against the undead. I can see that. Excuse me. <laughs> Those are some pretty good cuts. You played some minor league ball, didn't you? Well, um, a little class A. It was a long time ago. Jim Jarmusch. Yeah, um, dude, uh, what is it? Uh, Tilda Swinton, man. She might be a creepy-looking fucking actress, but I'll tell you, she can act. Yeah. She can act her fucking ass off, man. That's a good character. She sure can. So, uh, you know what? I I want to see it because, I mean, it's got all those good actors in there. You know what I mean? And look, everything I've seen Tom Waits in, he's always fucking excellent in everything I see him in. Every single thing. Did you watch the ballad of um, no. Buster Scruggs yet? He's in that one too. He's probably in the best skit of the whole uh, fucking movie. So, uh-huh. um, was that it? Was that the last trailer? God damn it! I don't know. Yeah, you yeah. have the notes. Oh yeah, we we have all the notes. Uh-huh. All right, so on to news. Well, by the time you listen to this podcast, the new Star Wars trailer will be out. <laughs> yes. 
All right. So, uh, and, and and the Rotten Tomato score will go down. So the guys <laughs> who wrote the Meg and Red. I saw this. Yeah, John and Eric Fuck Hober. You. They are going to write the script for a Mighty Mouse film adaptation. Fuck you. From Paramount Animation. No. Yeah, it's going to be a hybrid Have film. Have Lord Miller do it. Yeah, it's going to be a hybrid film, which I assume means it's going to be CG and live action right. or, you yeah. know, world, right? So Mighty Mouse will be CG and then everything else around it will be quote unquote real. Well, no, I think because if you do it right, you have to have the cats involved and you have to have. Um, do you remember what they did with Garfield? They turned Odie into a real fucking dog. It was so stupid. I know, but dog they, didn't look nothing like fucking Odie. You have to have the, the the bad guy cats involved, and then you have to have um, Tess, the mouse, the little yeah. mouse. I'll save you now. <laughs> All I could ever think about is Andy Kaufman, dude. Every fucking time I hear Mighty Mouse now, every time. So, yeah, that's uh. <laughs> so Disney's uh doing a um a uh, a little thing for Hawkeye. Did you hear about this? God, this is so bad. This is so shitty. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Disney's doing the uh, doing a Hawkeye uh, TV series. So I'm wondering. Yeah, apparently, um, when when the Disney celebration comes out, they're going to have a huge announcement, and part of that announcement is the Disney streaming service is going live like in November. Yeah, but the announcements are going to be all the TV shows that they have that will be produced and released within you know by November yeah. or in the next year. Which includes the new Star Wars TV show and everything else. Yeah, absolutely. So they're going to do it's like a going to be like a so far I think it's going to be a limited series. And there's a rumor that there's going to be an Obi Wan series coming to the Disney Channel. So we'll see about that. Huh. That is interesting. So yeah, uh, we'll see where, where it goes. I mean, Hawkeye is Hawkeye interesting enough to get his own series? Uh, with the Ronan character, yes. Yeah. So make sure his family's dead. So I think that that's oh, where they're going. Yeah, I could cover the years, like because the the what is it? The rumor is, like five years passes by after the snap. So in those in those five years, maybe that's why he, he deals with the five years that he's Ronin or something after he loses his family. It's possible. So, yeah. All right. Uh, and then uh, they're I guess they're uh, bringing back Monsters Inc. John Goodman and uh, Billy Crystal are coming back to do the voices for uh, for Sully and uh, Mike. So <laughs> Mike and Sully. Um, and they're going to, uh, it's called Monsters at Work. Okay. Yeah. Always watching. Okay. Anything else? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, fucking Tim Burton has just announced, uh, well, he didn't announce. He was asked in an interview about a Beetlejuice sequel because he gets bugged all the time about it. And he said that it's pretty much dead because, well, pardon the pun, but uh, it, it's just, it just all, all the pieces that need to fall into place aren't happening. And there's no there's no warmth with it right now at all. It's like when Oda Ryder wants to do it, Michael Keaton wants to do it, Tim Burton wants to do it, but he said that if since there's not a, a good story in place or anything, he says he's just going to leave it alone until something better shows up. And otherwise, for now, there are no plans for a Beetlejuice sequel. See, that just tells me that he's not interested in writing a story or he hasn't reached out to anybody to write a story. Yeah. There's plenty of stories available. Yeah, you're probably right, dude. You know, I mean, how is it, and, you know, we're going to go see this movie tomorrow, but how is it that they were able to get a fucking Hellboy movie together after years and years of the Guillermo del Toro stuff yeah. falling through, quote unquote, because, quote, the story was not there? Yeah, absolutely. I think there has to, there's always more to it than that. Yep. So I, I just, I, I mean, I look at Creative I've, differences. I've been, <laughs> I've been wanting to see 
you know, I've been wanting to see a Beetlejuice sequel for 30 fucking years now. And we you want to see a Beetlejuice sequel, watch the cartoon. Yeah, that wasn't creepy. Fucking. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, anyway. I Yeah, sure. And we almost got Beetlejuice goes to Hawaii. All right, so here's Which a. I have a feeling that was uh, Hotel Transylvania 2 or 3 or whatever it was. Yeah. All right, this is a weird one. Uh, the Russos uh, are teaming up with MGM to do a bunch of uh, remakes. They're going to like oversee or produce and produce um, a bunch of remakes of uh, MGA's classics, like uh, The Thomas Crown Affair, The Secret of Nim. Really? The Pink Panther, and another Poltergeist. And also, uh, it's a mad, 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 mad world. Okay. So, I mean, if anyone can do it, yeah. I have faith in these guys. Yeah, so I mean it's uh I yeah, I mean it's it's fucking Russo's, right? They're they're gold. They're gold, Jerry. Right now. So, yeah. They're gold until they're not gold, they're right? They're gold until they fuck up two movies and then cuz <laughs> if you fuck up Poltergeist, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll be right there screaming from the top of the mountain. Yeah. So, and then uh the last thing I got is uh pretty much uh that pre- it was announced that Preacher is uh this final final season that's coming up. It's Why? going to be what? Why is it the final season? It's the final season because uh, that's what AMC wants. <laughs> I think it's because it's not as uh, hugely successful as The Walking Dead. I think that's what the... You're never going to have something as hugely successful as that. Be thankful for what you got. Oh, I know. that. I mean, look, I'm not complaining. I'm not going to complain about this being the final season for Preacher <laughs> because, I mean, they've done a killer fucking job with it. And the fact that it didn't can't get, you know... They were able to tell all these stories all the way through, and now they're going to be able to do season four, and they know ahead of time before they're done filming it that it's the final season. So they'll, they'll probably be able to, you know, finish up whatever they're doing, finish up the storyline. Well, but the storyline goes farther than just what they're doing. Um, let's see. Uh, the fourth and final season of Preacher's coming. It's been a wild ride. Thank you, Wall Rogan said. He also revealed in the post that the final season will premiere August 8th, which is good. It comes a few days after Rogan's Point Grey picture signed a multi-platform production deal with Lionsgate, departing Sony Pictures. Oh, that's interesting. The series is a co-production between Sony and AMC. So there you go. Uh, Part of it is because Sony, because Rogan is no longer with Sony TV. Um, It was developed for television, blah, 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 blah. So Rogan is going with Lionsgate, um, and, and Preacher is produced by Sony. Hey. What if? You ready for this one? No. Rogan did a little special for Netflix, a little comedy special. So what if? Because Sony and whoever own the rights to Preacher, Sony and AMC. Oh. So that answers that question. Well, yeah, money speaks, right? Sony owns the rights, so Rogan can't produce a Preacher series. So unless they, unless them and AMC... And I don't know if AMC does, but unless Sony agrees to something with Rogan and Lionsgate, yeah. I mean, come on, we're talking about Sony here. Yeah, uh, my guess is that it's dead. And well, hey man, if you own a property, what, what, is it better to fucking just let it sit there and ferment? They it? don't give a shit. They're gonna make money off the DVD. They're gonna make money off of reruns. They're gonna make money off of this and that. They don't give a shit one way or the other about letting it sit there. That's a goddamn shame. But hey, like I said, four seasons of Preacher's better than one season of Preacher. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, are they going to plan to end, do a full-on finale, or are they going to just leave it open so that in case they it does get brought back in the future? I don't know. So I don't know. I'll, either way, I'm going to fucking watch because this show is every week. There's something that happens on that show that impresses me. Something you know that's either hilarious or horrific or 
clever or all all of the above. So, fucking A, man. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely watch it. Well, not live because <laughs> fuck cable, but I'll watch it when it's available. Yep. So, um, that's it. That's all I got for news. Um, you know, you know, and there was a black hole. We already talked about that. Yeah, so black hole. All right. Please butthole. So yeah, and we'll let, we'll let everybody know uh, next time um, how. Uh, what the fuck are we seeing? Hellboy. Hellboy. <laughs> See, uh, you know what it is? The Rotten Tomatoes score for that came up, and I'm like, oh fuck, why, I don't. Even, why do you even care about Rotten Tomatoes? Because sometimes, man, I just tell you that sometimes. <laughs> Again, why are we even paying attention to a new to an aggregate site that means nothing? It means nothing. People give this this site so much weight about how popular a movie is or whatever else, and they're allowing people to to vote, not vote, but critique movies that haven't even fucking come out yet. And then they say they were going to end it. It didn't. It hasn't ended yet. The fucking movie hasn't come out. It's gotten, you know, Hellboy's gotten whatever percentage. Yeah. And and, and a whole bunch of other movies have come out, and they're still allowing people to critique. And it's not critique. It's in and but that's they, they don't give a shit about that. They, they the only thing they care about is is people talking about the fact that this movie is is you know gotten this uh, this movie is rated fresh. It hasn't even come out yet. It's rated fresh. That just means that people want to go see the movie. Yeah. Fuck them. I don't. Who gives a shit? That's why I stopped get, caring about. I'm putting a moratorium on Rotten Tomatoes. You're not allowed to talk about or refer to Rotten Tomatoes for any more. Until I lift a moratorium. Okay, Massa, as a as a not talk about it anymore. I don't want to talk about Rotten Tomatoes. It doesn't. There has no place on the show. Fuck them. Metacritic either. Yeah. You know, Metacritic and and a couple of others. If you want to, if you want to talk about reviews, real reviews and stuff like that, and not score. Yeah, listen to then, a couple of average shows. Then go go. You know, check out AV Club or Variety or whatever when we're doing the reviews. Yeah. Or yeah, coupleofaveragesshows.com. All right, so yeah, we'll let you know how Hellboy is, uh, regardless of how uh, Rotten Tomatoes thinks. Really, <laughs> I'm sorry. Fucking shut up. As as the algorithm thinks or aggregate. There we go. As an aggregate thinks. Why would again? Hey, don't do get do so aggregate aggregated. Why Why do you do that? Just to push my buttons? No, I actually that was the the the, the saying the RT thing was a brain was an actual was it a brain fart? Is that the word? It was a it was a diary of the mouth thing. So sorry. But if you're that passionate about it. Okay. I am completely passionate about it, uh, and I, I'm going to do my best to kill off any association with Rotten Tomatoes that that fucking company has to do with cri- critiques or, or anything that has to do with uh, these these aggregate fucking bullshit reviews. They're, they're bullshit. They are. They're bullshit. You got to have you know special this and that and fucking credentials in order to even be considered a critic. Fuck them in their fucking self-important country club. Kind of like the Oscars. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Oscar tomatoes. They're not doing anything to stop the. They're not doing anything. What they said that they were going to do to stop the, uh, the uh, the pre-hate the, bullshit. Yeah, whatever they want to call it. You know, the fans, the toxic fandom. Yeah. From from attacking. No, because it gets people talking, and then people talking means more more views to their site. Exactly. Yeah, and I get it, but fuck them. I mean, fuck everything about them. Where's your integrity? And they're and they have no integrity. They're owned by NBC Universal Comcast. Ugh. They can suck my ass. God, the people that made this is us. Yeah, <laughs> and the slap, the slap <laughs> from you, the producers of the slap. 
Do you ever watch the parody of that? The dude just keeps smacking everybody down. Yeah, that comes we've at seen him? it a hundred times. Fucking brilliant. 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 <laughs> All right, so that's it, man. All right. All right, so uh, oh. or revoir. Reservoir. <laughs> that too. So, good night. Red tomatoes. Shut the fuck up. <laughs>